Marketing. This podcast is for adults only, should not be used as a meal replacement, and may contain nuts. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Newbie and The Doobie. My name is Timmy. I am The Newbie. And Jane, I'm The Doobie, who's missing her name today. And we are here today, uh, very excited to have on the show, Spencer Hamilton and Rachel no. Grudner. Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. That's right. What's, what's the background there, Spencer, to get that beautiful yeah. last name? From uh, Mother Russia. Uh, ah. No, no, I'm definitely not. <laughs> we can run with it if you'd like. I Look. feel like Spencer's seen the same movie we did this weekend. Oh, we saw week. The Machine this weekend. <laughs> Have you guys seen The Machine? Machine. No. Oh, um, that's that new one with Burt or based on Burt Kreischer's story. Yeah. Yes. Yes. How yes. was it? Because I've heard this story loosely. A lot, of, a lot of Russians and even the credits, like Russians everywhere. Yes. It, yeah. was, it was a, it was a good movie. I yeah, liked it. It was good. It was good. And okay. quite frankly, we have never started an episode uh, with a horrible Russian accent. So Spencer, <laughs> good for you. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Invoices right. in the mail. So uh Love it. Rachel, would you like to do a, a bad uh, impression of something before we get going officially here? Oh, my gosh. Well, while we were at Lyft Toronto, I was really working hard to try and combine the Canadian accent with the Australian accent. So I had to oh. change er to uh. So any phrase or word that ent ended with er. So instead of grunner, I'd be grunna. Um, okay. And instead of saying about, it was a boot, a despite... Boot? How Spencer strongly disagrees that he says a boot, the man says a boot. So, so Sp Spencer, you're Canadian, right? I am Canadian. I'm a Western Canadian from Victoria, British Columbia. Okay. And Rachel, just for the record? Yeah, stateside, uh, Denver, Colorado. Okay. Th that's not a real place. <laughs> you're right. It's a glorious place. It's heaven on earth. Unfortunately, we know more about you guys than you know about us. So uh, I knew really you, I knew you were. So um, for those who are tuning in right now, uh, we had the privilege and the pleasure of meeting Rachel down at Lyft, and we saw Spencer as well. Um, Still waiting for those scissors, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I never got those scissors. <laughs> you know uh, what? <laughs> Semantics. They, they were meant to get to you, I swear. So we were uh, we were down at uh, Lyft Toronto, um, mm -hmm. Lyft twenty twenty three at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. Yep, and uh, both Rachel and Spencer are on the Lyft team there. Uh, we're going to talk about Lyft and all the things that happened and all the things that are about to happen. But uh, we want to take this moment because we do on this show have a chance to talk about people's stories. I believe as a newbie and as a non consuming advocate that the stories of individuals and how they've entered into the cannabis space, how they use and consume cannabis now, or whether or not they even still do, that's important in breaking down the stigma. And Lyft, Lyft really has gone a long way in creating an event that, and I mentioned it at the event, of allowing a place where the newbies can come in and you walk in the doors and immediately a lot of the stigma of the cloudy room, the, um, the dark and dingy environment has been broken by Lyft. So help us break the stigma today by um, by telling your stories and allowing people to know that, hey, if everyone consuming, it's not just some incoherent person with no drive 
uh all all they do is smoke all day so that's that's the fancy way of saying mj just really wants to know about your origin story (laughs) i want to know about uh the first time you consumed like okay obviously don't incriminate yourself you don't have to like let your parents know you, you, it was high school when you did it if they have to watch this later um, but just like was it with friends was it smoking out of a joint a bong did you have a a, a pipe or you know so i don't know which one of you guys wants to take over yeah i would say ladies first just to be polite so i mean naturally of course. so spencer go ahead uh, wow <laughs> and I'm Oh, yeah, oh all right. Well, I'm happy. Love it. Love it. Snap. I'm happy to go first. Uh, fuck, <laughs> bucket, Rachel. <laughs> Murphy. Okay. So, well, well, I have a tough time really like isolating the, the incident. It was many moons ago. And like you said, um, I like MJ, how you was that, you know, you, for me, it was with friends. <laughs> it was with friends and it was like out of an apple or you know, it was that swag weed, you know, that was probably just awful at the time, but you didn't know any better. And that's all you knew, right? It was through a buddy's buddy, whatever it was, right? And then, buddy. yeah, like there was definitely those experiences through my younger years. And then I'd say for a bit, it sort of tapered off and it was maybe casual here and there, but I'd say now for me, it, it's, I'm still very casual. And Timmy, I'd say to relate to you, I still feel like a newbie when I'm at these events because people are so knowledgeable and there's so much to learn about it and you know i i still consume like you know semi-regularly like a little bit here and there but i find it fascinating the different sort of cannabinoids and these different sort of reactions you can have so for me if i'm wanting to wind down or i'm stressed out at the end of the night and it's going to help me sleep or take my mind off things like i think that's really cool with where it is today as opposed to back in the day so were were you all so my newbie origin story though was was one where you know, I wasn't even allowed to discuss it. Was it something though in your growing up, like cannabis was still, you you knew about it. It was part of- Did you of... grow up on the West Coast? Yes, I'm on the West Coast. So maybe so that- uh... Okay, <laughs> so the answer is yes. So the answer would be short term. Yeah, short answer, yes. But <laughs> I would say that it was definitely like prominent, like it was around, but it was, it was very casual. And like you say, you know, out of like pipes or bongs or this or that, but it was- yeah, I don't know. It wasn't anything too crazy, but it was it wasn't like if you were smoking weed that you were like some crazy criminal or anything like that. It was it was a little more common than that, you know. Right. So like you you were at risk of getting suspended, but you weren't at risk of getting grounded because your parents knew what you were doing. Correct. Yeah, you get a slap on the wrist every okay. night. exactly right. You you throw yeah. on a couple of Visine drops and you pretend like you're not really hungry when dinner comes up, but you're really hungry. Yeah. <laughs> what what stop what because you just you implied right now and correct me if i'm wrong that it you're you would be considered a casual consumer kind of for specific moments um is is there a reason why you didn't become a kind of a, a full-blown for sake of the better word the pothead um or or is that just something where it's like you notice that it was it was had a specific reason for you and so you use it at those moments yeah, I'd say, I mean, casual just in social settings, um, but I'd also say just growing up in like sports and athletics and things like that, there's always a balance of like, you know, trying to stay like uh, for me at the time, like way back when it was like fitness and in shape and your head screwed on tight, which not to say that wouldn't um, different, wouldn't make a huge impact on that today because we know so much more about it. But, you know, for me, it was sort of a balancing act and then going to school and sort of just figuring it out. So 
again, it's always been casual, but it was just sort of maybe a little less for a certain period of my life. Whereas now I'd say it's, you know, again, with all these different, the information and the knowledge, you're, you're going into a, a retail store and the, what the bud tenders can tell you and, and explain mm -hmm. what's going to feel like, or to maybe guide you in a different direction. I think that knowledge is just so much different now. So you feel so much more comfortable to say, Hey, I can have this. I'm going to be fine. I can still go about my day or hang out or do whatever uh, I'd like to do. Or, Hey, some people for even like before exercise or workouts that helps them sort of focus in or sort of like take their mind off things. So I think it's just a much different uh, world we're living in today than it was sort of 15, 20 years ago. That's funny. And we talk about that a lot intention, why people consume. Um, and it seems like, we also discussed that not everybody should consume and sometimes people can't in you know use cannabis with intention and they just kind of allow cannabis to use them i want to say rather than abusing right. cannabis because i don't think i think it's really hard to abuse cannabis i mean maybe if you throw mm. it on the she's, floor drop she's it. seen me drop one and she <laughs> i was she like that's drug out. abuse yeah. <laughs> what are you doing yeah yeah she is she gets pretty upset well once once it touches the floor it's done you can't smoke floor weed it's like no, no. you can that's... create art with it that's about the only thing you can do with it at that point um, but i do want to say i like spencer that you keep saying um a boot no <laughs> where i don't say it i swear i don't it was the occasional consumer mm -hmm. um rather than uh recreational because mm -hmm. i really think we need to we need to break down this recreational and medicinal user or medical user because anybody who's using medicinally will look at anybody who says they're using recreationally and be like okay but why are you using it and then through the discussion it's like okay but you mm. do understand that those are all medical reasons that you're using this even if it is just to relax right it's yeah. still it's still some form of you know holistic healing so i'm kind of like it's all it's all medical so i really like that you're using it in uh occasional occasional or usage or occasionally using it absolutely yeah uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to find out how then the occasional user enters into uh lift a, a cannabis focused um organization but uh i think rachel's story yeah i'm 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 waiting rachel's story now needs to be said, heard uh, as well we we said very briefly before the show started that uh i said sometimes when people consume um they remember their first time consuming and sometimes they remember the first time getting um any sort of effect uh because sometimes they're not always the same and rachel said oh it was definitely the same for me so i'm excited to hear it so where did it yeah. be, rachel what happened Let's take us back well, back in the day, 2004 to be exact. Um, you were 32 funny. when you started? <laughs> 32, did you just say? How old do you think I am, bro? No. <laughs> There's no, this isn't being recorded yet. <laughs> but I look great for my age. Let's just point that out hey, for the record. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll, agree, we'll agree to that, Rachel. <laughs> Um, so I actually was a goody two shoes, um, until the ripe age of 18 and went away to college. And my first night with my roommate, she looked at me and asked if I wanted to get high. And I'm like, well, I've never <laughs> smoked weed before. Um, and hey, I was super college. <laughs> yeah, I was super intimidated by it. And she was like, oh, she's like, well, if you don't smoke with me tonight, then this just isn't going to work. So she knew 
a guy of a guy, you know, a friend of a friend buddy ended up at, uh, I'm sure if she may remember the story differently. So if she ever sees this, she may <laughs> tell it differently, but we ended up at a house and I just remember going up into the attic of the house. It was like a house party. Um, so we did. It's funny. Cause when you brought up like that dingy darkroom experience, um, I was like, it's so sad that people would have that association, but that definitely was my first experience. So we were in an attic at a house party on a college campus and uh, someone rolled a joint and we we're passing it around. And it was also the same night I was introduced to Cartoon Network because naturally those <laughs> two go hand in hand in America. Um, so got really blasted high watching Cartoon Network. Um, I don't know if it was, it wasn't a bad experience. It was just a unique experience. I didn't know what to expect. I'm happy to say I didn't struggle with anxiety or anything like that. It was just, it was just weird. I just had never experienced anything like that before. And then it became part of um, my daily routine through my college years and slowly backed off as I got older. Definitely a social consumer without a doubt. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Are we still talking about cannabis or the Cartoon Network that you slowly we, we, <laughs> like with? Both. Okay. All right. Both. Just so we're clear, both. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, yeah, it's died down as, you know, I entered my professional ranks, social consumer without a doubt. Um, I found that if I consumed on my own and try to do anything like put together furniture, it would be put together incorrectly. So I cannot be trusted outside of a social setting with it. Uh, don't rely on me. Um, uh, but yeah. And then I had, I had a kid, my tolerance dropped significantly. So been rebuilding since. You had a, what is it? Is that like a biological reaction that your intolerance would drop or you stop well, smoking? Both. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know the science behind it, but uh, definitely a common theme around other mothers is tolerance of everything. Decre your body, your body changes drastically after you've had a chain or well, had a child. I don't think yeah, that's, that's across right. the board, though, because I've seen mothers when a baby is screaming and they just stand in there walking away, blocking it right out. So their intolerance level for that no. is like... <laughs> Like, oh no, that increases. Yeah, that, for sure. that's built. That's yeah, built that's from the day that the, the moment the baby <laughs> comes out. <I'm> yes, <laughs> we we're, we have selective hearing, and we know we can understand the language of cries without a doubt. Oh What's no, it? that's. I feel like that's a myth. Only very talented mothers know that because I will <laughs> tell you that I'm like frig all you mothers that say that because I spent years going, what, what, why are you crying? I changed you, I fed you, I like I don't understand what is going on. So frig you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That's fine. It took a minute to figure it out for sure, but sometimes. You know. Sometimes, sometimes early in the morning when MJ's talking to me, I'm like, what? What are you trying to say? He says talking. It's, it's more whining. Oh. <laughs> no, it's, it is first. true, though, when, when women go through um, pregnancy, because I don't know uh, what your journey was with pregnancy. Um, I, I'm always, sorry, there's some bugs there. I'm always honest about, uh, about mine. And um, I consumed the entire time I was pregnant. Uh, with with doctor's approval, um, the doctor actually told me it was more dangerous to consume cigarettes, which I was doing at the time, um, than cannabis, and that there was no real evidence 
that showed one way or the other um, that it would harm the baby, just that when the baby was born, because the baby would be used to the, the cannabinoid substance, that when they came out that I might have some sort of issue like with withdrawal symptoms or or whatever, which yeah, I personally, I never... I never had an issue with, mm. with any of my kids, you know, my kids, they're both very healthy. And yeah, I mean, are they super laid back and easygoing? Yes, they are. Um, I will say Ooh. my favorite, my favorite story about my kids. So uh, I quit smoking when my son was about five, uh, quit smoking cigarettes. And I told him mommy's going to quit smoking. Um, and I never even considered that I was still going to continue smoking cannabis and that my child could then see me smoking that substance and get confused, which is what mm -hmm. happened. And I felt he was so just like, he was like, you said you were going to quit. And he was so mad at me. And I was like, mm. do I tell my child about cannabis and explain to him that I'm using it medically and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I would rather be honest with my child and explain to him what's going on than to have him think that I've failed at something that I have not failed at. Yeah. It was extremely important. So after I told him all that with his sister, the, she was like just coming up. So I was like, I might as well just tell her it was, yeah. it was a thing. Um, but my, my daughter was probably about nine, which means my son was uh, 14. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. Right. They always, yeah, every year you add one. Okay, so so, <laughs> so they were a little it's bit. It's might be an American thing too. Um. <laughs> yeah, we do that in Canada at least. <laughs> so so my daughter said to my son, uh, she said, "Are you going to smoke cannabis when you grow up?" And he looked at at her and he thought about it for a second and he said, "Yeah, I think I will." Um, and she she looked at her uh, looked at him very proudly and said, "Not me. I'm going to eat it." Oh my gosh, I love that. And I was like, my kids are at least educated enough to know that there is more than one way to use cannabis and, and like um, that's a lot more than some some people we've come some across. Grown -ups, some grown-ups. Yeah. Spencer, I'm interested to to know you were talking about your fitness thing and and, and I've been very open on this podcast yes. that you know fitness to me, like I track everything, my sleep, my exercise, yep. my 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 daily intake of food. Um, and it's one of the reasons why um, I won't consume by smoking anymore. I, I do not believe uh, like that that's going to help me oh, in, that, in that regard. Is definitely not. So my question, way. though, is because you were talking about uh, just as you were growing up, like like athletic fit, those type of things. Right. Um, we had uh, Ross Rebliotti, um, the, the mm. Canadian snowboarder. Oh, yep. knows right. Yep. Um, he was on the podcast. And of course, he was he is legendary for uh getting uh losing his medal because of uh cannabis being found in his system at the olympics years ago now right and um my question to you as somebody who who was casually consuming it did you ever find that cannabis could be a performance enhancing drug no i've always when you, you see it now in professional sports across the board in nba or football it's like they're peeling back very you know in terms of the punishments there there's like you're, there's no longer you're getting suspended for a year or x amount of time if you test positive for it because you know i don't think it's um, enhancing your performance on the field or whatever sport you're you're doing but it could also help in terms of the medicine in terms of like the aches the pains the sleeping right and because i think a lot of professional athletes when they struggle with sleeping is they're all jacked up they're stressed out they're trying to perform at their optimal performance is that 
you know, then they do um, like um, pills like to, to go to sleep, right? Or, and then you get addicted on those or pain pills. And then that we've seen just over the years is, is definitely the wrong pathway to go down because it's, you know, it's very dangerous and you, there's a lot of bad stories there. So, you know, I, don't, I think it helps in the recovery standpoint, but I don't think it's like a, oh, now I'm going to go, you know, I mean, it, it may work. it's probably different for every human being too, for sure. But like, I don't think that's just going to help me play hockey better or help me play this sport better or anything like that. But I think what it can do is that if it's socially, it can enhance, it can make more fun for sure. But if it's, you know, if that's what you do for a profession, then I think afterwards is how you recover and sort of decompress, I think is probably where the benefits lie. So I, I've told people that in the four times that I smoked cannabis, uh, five years ago, when I first met MJ, three times, three times, three times, but four four joints. joints. That's why he says four times. Um, The second one, the second one was during uh, five pin bowling. And I'm a great, I'm a great uh, five pin bowling shout out uh, to Spencer and our other fellow Canadian. Um, (laughs) We, uh, it ruined my bowling score. Um, And, and that was when I ultimately decided I can't do this. Like some things are not worth the risk. So I did not find the performance enhancing thing. Which is funny because we still bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm one of those people. I'm like, cannabis in, enhances everything because I use it intentionally to do so. So before we go to the bowling alley, he goes in and gets the the lane set up and the shoes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna have a great time. And <laughs> wait, who won last time? Uh, that's not important. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, we don't need we don't need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it it enhances what spencer says it enhances at least my mood sure yeah which allows me maybe not be a better bowler but i definitely have a better time now with (laughs) with both you both of you will have very different perspective on the whole aspect of legalization and of course up here in canada um with with lyft coming in i mean that the big part of you know them being able to be you guys being able to be here is because of the legal market opening up um spencer you grew you grew up in uh, in Canada, but in a community that, although maybe even pre-legalization, it was, uh, I mean, the, the West coast has always been seen as a, you know, maybe oh, stereotypical yeah. Everyone in Ontario people at least knew about, you know, people were smoking weed out there. Right. Type of thing. Whereas, um, Rachel down in the States, there's, there's still large pockets, um, that are, um, got the walls up. Um, some of them are starting to break down, but you know, there were also some things I would, I would imagine, you know, I always saw it in a place like Denver. Um, there was probably a, uh, a contingent of cannabis users. I don't know if that, if that's just something we heard up here or th- what I thought to be true, but let's start with the American side and then come up to the Canadian side in terms of, um, I, I like, your, I see what you did. You went south of the border. See, so, yeah, see that. <laughs> um, where, so Rachel, like legalization in the States, uh, how are you feeling about it? Is this something that you've been, you know, looking forward to? Has it all, has it felt legal in where you are for a long time and it just not officially or where, well, how I does that feel? We're at, uh, are we at 23 states right now that are uh, oh God. legalized? We just had another one come online, so I'm not quite sure yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I would say I'm born and raised in the Chicagoland area, and I just moved out to Denver five years ago to enter in the industry. Okay. And it, being from the Midwest, and even now the perception in the Midwest is still so vastly different than what I'm experiencing being um, closer to the West Coast for sure. So um, in the Chicagoland area or Illinois, 
at least where I lived, it was a very conservative part of um, part of the country. Um, cannabis was very hush hush. I remember when recreationally it became legal in Illinois, and that was after I had moved here. And people were throwing their arms up in the air because a dispensary was put in the same parking lot as a Costco, and they thought they were going to bring all the hoodlums up out to the suburbs. So um, very, very different perspective there, very hush-hush. Um, I mean, you bonded over people if you were at an evening event and you mm. saw someone like pull something out and share it. It was an immediate like, oh, we're of the same tribe. Um, okay. Out West, it's not like that at all, at least here in Colorado. Um, it was very strange moving out to Colorado. I felt so guilty walking into my first dispensary. Like I was doing something extremely naughty. And now it's like, oh, it's like you're running to Walgreens or CVS or, you know, general. Or you watch school. Disney porn, those type of things. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So it's a totally different vibe region by region. I'd say without, without a doubt, there's definitely, um, you know, the states where, it's, I mean, California, Colorado, where it is more regular, seen as like a norm. Um, consumption use is, it's not abnormal to see it out and about, but then like the states that are newer, newer to coming online recreationally, um, it's still kind of, ooh, I don't know, kind of uh, naughty, I guess you could say. Well, and Denver is mile high, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Not, nothing to do with the elevation no, but it, your mind <laughs> it, it does have it, it must have something to do with west coast though because like you know a, you know in canada like i said you know the west I the east like coast is very very like you know yeah you know. everyone's more laid back easygoing yeah, some, something about that west coast a uh, spencer up here in canada i mean like i said i think you that you're the feel and vibe over in the West Coast versus out here, you know, in Ontario and East, um, long before legalization was happening, there was already, it felt like, you know, it was much more of an accepting community. Would you say so? Yeah, I'd say so. <clears throat> I think, you know, one thing that I've noticed in sort of recent years is sort of like, you know, when I think about like parents or aunts and uncles who grew up in different times and then obviously, you know, most of us have is that that stigma has like slowly been wearing off you know, because it is so much more accepted and there's a lot of health benefits and there's a bigger education, mm -hmm. I think for everyone. And it's no longer, Oh, you smoke, like you say, you smoke weed, like, Oh, like get it together or whatever. Like, I think that is all sort of like slowly. I mean, of course there's still going to be some people that think like that, but you could, you could say that for any sort of industry or, or whichever. So I would say just, especially out West is that, you know, sort of that, those different generations are very accepting to, and it's no longer this big thing or this big ordeal or something you need to sneak away and hide because it's a little bit more commonly accepted, mm. you know, across all sort of generations. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause when I think West coast, I think surfers, I mm -hmm. think bucket hats. Mm -hmm. my, nice hats, by the <laughs> way. Uh, we had to wrap it. Yeah. So well, yeah, what's with the hat? Yeah. Talk to, to tell us briefly about the these hats. hats. These are our friendship hats we've determined, mm -hmm. or I just determined on the fly and Spencer, there's no going oh. back. Oh. We got, we got them at a, uh, it was called the Bud Bash. I think Rachel, if I'm not mistaken, it was yes. at the pint there, which was right down the road from the Metro convention center. And so mm -hmm. 
you know, there's a bunch of activations and some swag being given out. And so this was after our uh, Lyft business conference. So you can imagine Rachel and I were, you know, dressed up a little nicer. We we're trying to <laughs> sort of fit the, fit the bill and, and fit in a little bit and be professional. Not that there's nothing wrong with this look and it's, it's certainly professional, but oh, absolutely. Yes. We had one, we had one photo where we're in front of a backdrop looking like all gussied up and then like an hour, not even an hour later, we're in our, we're doing one of these, we're doing one of those mm -hmm. bucket hats. So, you know, we're diverse. Um, so thank you for involving that. Um, I think, I think the best part is that we continued to wear these hats for the remainder of the evening, nice. ended up being um, pulled into a, an incredible Mexican restaurant during their soft launch. Oh, yeah. It's called special uh, or no, uh, secret H silent, silent, silent H, uh, where, where was it located? You were familiar oh, with the I area. Seen, I think I it's King street West. I want to say King street West. Is okay. yes. so I seen the sign and I actually thought it was called silence or cylinder cause it's <laughs> silent. And then an H yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. It was silent H. So we, this beautiful Mexican woman like saw us pause in front because the entryway was just absolutely gorgeous and she was like come in come in my brother's the chef uh the food's amazing i'm not just saying it because it's my brother's so we're like ah fuck it we'll go in for a drink and then we ended up staying for a full meal it was exquisite uh i have a video footage of uh spencer taking a tequila luge with a bone <laughs> after like a bone marrow thing so that was if, yeah. rachel okay. if you can if you can send that over we'll splice it into this I, interview that I would be feel great like we need to say if you're <laughs> absolutely you're okay with that right spencer well i mean uh what i wasn't okay with was the first uh shot that you poured down my knee um, then, <laughs> you know that you came out of the gates a little hot there i'm not gonna lie to you but we did i was we so did excited find a way to correct it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely send over footage, but it's an incredible restaurant. And it, the funniest part about it is uh, Chef Jordan Wagman, who we partner mm -hmm. with on our events, and he brings like the whole diners club together for it. We were texting him about how amazing the food and the cocktails were, and he um, knew the owner. So uh, we were like, okay, well, we got to hunt down the owner. Of course, mm -hmm. like I called him over. The man had no idea who I was, but He's a bit hesitant to approach us weirdos in our bucket hats, couple cocktails in. Uh, but yeah, great restaurant, great experience, great memories tied to these bucket hats and for great sure. Hats and great hats. Oh, yeah, and fun. very great hats. And so shout out to the creator or who brought them. There you go. It, sa it sounds like you guys kind of became those hoodlums, Rachel, that you were you were saying were, people were worried we're going to come in because of cannabis, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's funny because Spencer said uh, I, we, we were all dressed nice, trying to like look like we belong. And it's, it's funny because that's the number evolved. one thing that cannabis consumers say is like they, they made cannabis legal and now we're all trying to get into this business. Mm -hmm. And some of us don't even feel like you can ask Tammy. I have this problem all the time because I, I have pink hair. I want to fit in in the business world too. I'm I'm turning forty this year, but I also have to understand that some I don't think I belong in a suit. No, we belong in, like in a, we belong in Care Bear onesies. Like this, 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 <laughs> this is just me, and it's funny because like no matter what you put us in on the outside. Believe me, Spencer, there's a bunch of people there in suits that feel the exact same way. They're just trying to fit in. And and they're just like, I kind of want to have a, an expo where it's like PJs. 
or I feel like, like we're in this transitional phase of the industry, yeah. no matter where you're at. I was, we were talking about this on site where, um, like as cannabis, especially in the U S and Canada, as it began to legalize, there was this whole concept of like, we've got to keep it professional. We have to like, let the mainstream world know that it can be treated so professionally. So we put on, you know, this persona and then we went through this grunge period of, you know, everything that COVID just oh. swept away and even everyone's personal lives like this like caring too much about things you shouldn't care about. And now we're in that phase of life of, as a cannabis industry of, we just have to be real and honor the reality of the culture, the people involved in it. Cause that's what, that's what the roots are. So I think it's just an interesting uh, period where we're at. We're definitely in that coming of age phase in the mm -hmm. cannabis life span for sure. So well, I, like, I like that Rachel said that you have to kind of bring in the legacy into yes. school because it, it, it is a little stuffy or was at least a little stuffy i mean like i i know lyft especially you guys brought it you yeah they brought the fun um with the play area and oh my god the speakers corners and the diners mm -hmm. club and like there were so many cool things there this year well i think i think people tend to uh misalign um professionalism with um that outward that outward look like yeah. so we, we show we're you know and, and mj does struggle with it we showed up you know in care bear onesies <laughs> and the last couple of years at lyft we've been outside in a unicorn onesie even on business avocado day, like, and peach do we seriously have to wear and onesies on business day like it, we should be dressing in business no stuff. We, and we shouldn't and that that's where I'm <laughs> people, people it's people, a battle it really is they they but they miss they miss they misalign the two and it's like yeah. you there are people who are dressing in suits mm -hmm. that are incredibly unprofessional human beings. True that. And yeah. what what we want to bring to the table, and even the fact that you guys look, you guys are representing Lyft on this podcast. You're you're free enough though to come in with bucket hats. And some people would go, "Not a chance. We're going to do that. We we can't laugh and have fun and be wearing bucket. We're representing." you know, this corporate company, this corporate label. And I'm about someone who says, when I'm on stage and I strip down from a, uh, <laughs> a, a full suit to a spring dress when I'm doing my Sonny and Cher thing, you guys will have to see that one day. I mean, I, I was a fan of the short shorts, I must say. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. You, are, you are very welcome. The blue, the blue ones that I have uh, are even They're better. Even They're actually my son's when he was 10. I still got good hips and, and small legs. But anyway... <laughs> The point is, is that some people would look at that and go, oh, my goodness, like, look at this guy up here in this spring dress on the stage. So unprofessional. Is it? No. My job yeah. is to I, I, is when I come off stage and you're talking to me and I'm dealing with clients and I'm dealing with, with those interactions is what makes me professional. Yeah. I'm supposed to be on stage being fun and lighthearted <laughs> and, and doing stuff like that, you know, so when we wear onesies you know, to, to a, something like Lyft, when someone comes up to us and has that conversation and asks me, so, so why are you an advocate? I can, I can communicate that and stand in a onesie, but with, with straight face, walk through and explain this stuff in a very professional, coherent manner. And that, that the professionalism is actually beyond that. And too many people um, walk around thinking they got to have the tie done right up and that's mm -hmm. going to be professional. And I think that's completely bad.
Yeah. I mean, let's be real. The idea of professional changed after a pandemic when everyone is working in entirely different environments. And I think the reality is that vulnerability is key, you know? Yeah. People need to just start being, being real. Um, So let's, so let's talk about Lyft here. I mean, obviously you guys had a great time in Toronto, enjoying the, you know, the restaurants and the, and your time and the, the, the conference was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, as much as we could share our experiences, we want to kind of hear um, your experience and to tell people who weren't there kind of why, what was Lyft doing in Toronto? What was, ha- what's happening there and, and what your perception was of, uh, of this year's Lyft conference. So whoever would like to start, actually, let's do this. What, what are your, what are both your roles? Let me hear those first. Like where, what are your roles in this thing? And then one of you can take oh, over. I remember Spencer's. It's like a really, really long title. Like financial analyst of something big. Um, well, I mean, maybe ask yourself, what don't I do? Because there's obviously, <laughs> you know, the list is just like it's like going to the grocery store. There's it, just a lot. You need to it didn't. Um, it, did, it didn't bring me scissors. It didn't bring me gas. <laughs> well, you brought Rachel really late. Yeah, then, there were a lot a of things. Spencer. Problem or a Rachel problem? I mean, just <laughs> ask yourself that. Hey. Well, I'm okay. just kidding, Rachel. You. you the floor is yours, young lady. Okay. All right. so, so, so Spencer, you're so you kind of you're overseeing a whole lot of different stuff. Like, I would okay. So my my official title is a senior account executive. So I'm working with you know a lot of the exhibitors. Um, okay. And and some of the he's not our really, schmoozer. I'm a schmoozer, I suppose you could say. But at the end of the day, you know, my role is to help facilitate and coordinate that sort of event experience for any of our exhibitors mm-hmm. and anything related to that. So. You know, I think the good thing about our team is, you know, we're we're not like an overly huge team where we can be very dynamic and collaborative. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anyone's really in there sort of like like right. pigeonholed into one specific category. So if you have ideas or thoughts or you're looking to be creative or you're looking to understand something a little bit more, I think our team is very open and welcome to those types of discussions, which sort of help sort of shift things or adjust things or pivot with things. So you know, I think primarily my role was to, you know, cruise around, make sure that if the exhibitors required anything or that they were set up, or if they had any questions, that they had someone there on site to support them. Because there's a lot of lead up work that goes into it. But then once you're on site, then, you know, things kind of change and you sort of, yeah. you know, adapt and uh, roll with uh, how everything unfolds. Nice. Rachel, what, what do you do? Yeah, so uh, official title is uh, director of sales, but um, the reality is, is I'm right in the trenches with Spencer and our other teammates, Mitch, Lisa, Jordan. We we really work cohesively as a team. Speaking of care bears, we all have our individual powers we bring to the table. Um, each super unique. So um, I don't, I get, my ultimate role is, you know, first and foremost to make sure my team is happy that they're finding that work-life balance. Cause I truly believe that work and life, it's so integrated. There's truly no real way to separate it. If something's happening in one, it's going to impact the other. So holding space for that and really just offering as much support as I can for, um, Spencer and the team just, just really kick ass and, and it, Spencer, you do wear multiple hats. You're a great salesperson, but customer service is there. Feedback is there. You're part of, you know, navigating the ship moving forward. So, so well, yeah. we've, we've only seen one hat today from Spencer. So. <laughs> Damn it. Although it's a sweet right. hat. 
It is pretty funny because it is normally Lisa's the one with all the hats. Yeah, Lisa usually has all the hats. Oh, Lisa Patty? Yeah, yeah. no, we got to enter a hat competition with her. Yeah, yeah. No, no, don't do that. You'll lose. She's, I, hey. she's a killer. Oh, wait, if, if you're doing it, I want to be involved. Okay, okay. we should. We'll have we'll have an hat official contest. I like it. So like it. talk to us about, um, and, and you guys can split it up or, or just piggyback off each other. What tell people what is Lyft? What's your what is what is the purpose behind it? And and how oh, did yeah, you feel it wasn't this one went? Toronto. No, this was just one event of yours. Yeah. So overall, what is Lyft? And 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 then talk to us about your experience at the Toronto one this year. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll go ahead and start. So overall, Lyft is um, an event producer who's dedicated to truly lifting the cannabis community. So. Um, there's a, we all know there's an array of trade shows, conferences in this space. Um, what Lyft is intending to do is really create that more intimate can of culture focused experience where people do walk on the show floor and they feel like they can just be themselves um, and the element of who they are. We're honoring the legacy um, and bringing that forth. So if you ever have any feedback on how we can do that further, do share, but still keeping and holding space for a business to get done for people to walk away with an ROI. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest key is intimacy, caniculture focus. We have three events um, in production. We have our Toronto show we just completed, San Francisco um, in early August, and then Vancouver in mid-January. So um, lots to come. And then I felt like the Toronto show, it went really well. I mean, there's definitely a decline in um, the presence on the show floor. It's been like that since post pandemic. I think, I, I don't think, I know all conferences, I don't care who they are struggling with that. Um, it's just a reality money's tight right now. And I think that we did the absolute best we could to work with folks, um, to have them present as attendees or exhibitors, partnered with the OCS who put on a phenomenal program to help get folks um, the ability to earn a way to the show floor, really honoring Bud Tender. So it was, it hit the mark for what we were shooting for. Um, most importantly, we just wanted people to walk away with a really great experience. And the feedback we received was, it was really really positive feedback. Even the constructive feedback was just incredible opportunities and discussions for enhancing the future event. Nice. Spencer, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Maybe just to, to piggyback on Rachel's comments there, you know, I, you know, part of, you know, those couple of days there was really trying to stop by each booth and, and sort of engage with the exhibitors and understand how, how it's going and, and building off Rachel's sentiments there. There was a lot of positivity. There's a lot of engagement, and I think you know that's sort of the platform that Lyft is is providing that opportunity to do business, to create a network, to engage with either consumers or bud tenders or people from different parts of the industry. And so, having made my way around, you know, every booth, I, I thought, hey, there's a lot of times where I was trying to get to a booth, and there was just so many people there that I thought, you know, that they need to do what they're doing there. Those are the people they want to talk to. I'll circle back. So I thought that was really cool because it wasn't like I could just show up at every booth, any booth at any point in time and have a discussion. If they're busy, I would just make a note of it and come back at a later date. But having spoken to a lot of those exhibitors and, and people working in the booths is that they're like, yeah, this has been great. This has been fun. And hey, we know maybe in prior years there was, you know, additional booths. 
but in a lot of ways that almost highlighted those that were there and a lot more traffic to those people that did um, right. get a booth and exhibit at this event because you know if you don't have as much competition you know it's sort of one way to look at it is that there's a little bit more of a attraction to come and spend a little bit more time and, and have that quality time uh, interacting and engaging with those people so that was my first experience from uh, lift standpoint and I thought it was really positive and and like Rachel said the majority if not all feedback was was quite positive of course there's always things you can look back and say hey well maybe we can try this next time or we can shift or, or maybe we should think about putting this here or putting that there like I think we we know that there's always ways to enhance that event experience for everyone involved um, mm -hmm. but generally speaking I mean I, I had a great time and everyone I spoke to seemed to have one as well well, I know uh, we we didn't get out much from our booth on uh, We don't the get Friday. out much in general. <laughs> That's totally not true. <laughs> um, but on the Saturday, uh, I had my roller skates on, so I, I, I had a lot more freedom. I was going around the floor, and uh, I don't know if it was the roller skates that was making everybody smile, which I doubt it. But everybody was, it looked like everybody was having a great time. Yeah. Um, like you said, Spencer, I had to like fight my way to the front of the line over at Mills oh, um, to get myself they were uh, a customized, uh, a customized jersey. jersey. Yeah, yeah. Tell the story yeah. about that. Did you, did you notice though that she said uh, she didn't wait in line? That we don't, we don't wait no. in lines. Just Actually, so you guys know. No, I just, we, no. we just go. I just like elbows. Do you know who elbows. we are? No, it's, it's, it's funny is um i just want to shout out to the people over at mills who uh even though they had they were so busy they oh, yeah. ran they ran out of letters they they the guy that they had hired was super awesome um they worked overtime to make mm -hmm. sure that we got uh our customized um things so i just want to say special shout out cool. good on them for the jerseys good on them for hiring that guy well, so yeah it was we'll, great we'll, we'll be, and i'm sure we'll be all the other those. vendors were probably just as good but we were so busy i, I really only seen two the whole time yeah. we were there yeah. yeah yeah and they were a platinum sponsor of ours so shout out to them for that and awesome. supporting the industry and helping this us put on this event for sure yes now i'm excited are we are we at san francisco yet I'm like I want to hear well, what's different you know, there. We are. We uh, we do want to talk. <laughs> we do want to talk about San Francisco, which is coming up. But I, if I just want to know if you guys have have had any feedback in regards to um, the non-consuming versus consuming crowd, because um, I've 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 mentioned to you guys before. I mentioned it down at Lyft. Um, I really do believe that Lyft has done a phenomenal job of of creating a space that the newbies can come into and go. What is brought, happening? We brought some newbies too. Uh, we had we had some newbies at our table um, helping us, but I was also really surprised at how many people came to our booth. And as I told them my story, they were like, "I'm not a consumer either." Yeah. And but their partner is. They're but their partner, and it was really surprising me because the first couple of years when we were outside, we were usually only interacting with consumers because outside was where everybody went for their smoke breaks. Yeah. Right? But inside, I got a completely different story, and I didn't. I don't know if, from, from the organizer level, if you have any idea how much you had impacted the the newbie inquiring community versus the cannabis community. Yeah, so that's something that we've talked at length at with um, our our consulting partners about really honoring the kind of curious. Um, 
and not creating an uncomfortable experience for them. So the fact that there was that presence makes me very, very mm -hmm. happy because this should not be an in intimidating experience. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a one love vibe that we're trying to express to people and a judgment free vibe as well. So um, now I can't say that we made any significant decisions to draw that audience. It was just something we are very, very conscious of supporting. Um, so I'm happy to hear that. I'm thrilled to hear that. And I hope that we can do more to support that crowd. Well, I definitely think, like you said, even though you, it wasn't something you sought to do, mm -hmm. it all starts with building that base of the environment. And through both yeah. things that you guys are saying, you're, you guys are creating an environment that um, that fosters that breaking down of the stigma, fosters an environment to have the conversation and raises the bar, which is the three things that we really have tried to build our podcast on. Yes. And, um, so, which is why we really, you know, we appreciate Lyft and we were excited to be in Toronto. We had a, we had a great time there and, uh, um, we would encourage anybody to, to check out Lyft both in Toronto, hopefully next year. And then the ones that are coming up now, but San Fran is right around the corner. Um, and, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. I, I believe there's something, there was a few things, uh, I think Lisa Petty was telling us there were some new things happening down there that wasn't necessarily in Toronto. So, uh, for those United States listeners, um, or maybe just the Canadians that want to head all, their way. All listeners. Yeah. You could be traveling so, from Spain. What, yeah. uh, what, what's happening in San Fran? When is it? What's, what's new? What's exciting? Yeah. Well, do you want me to go first, Spencer? Or would yeah, you... you go ahead. Yeah, you keep it hot, Rachel. You're doing such a bang up job over there. I <laughs> Thank mean, you. It uh, is kind of warm over here. I'm not going to lie. That's, so. that's, 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 <laughs> just so you know, Canadians are a little passive aggressive, and rec I recognize that. <laughs> I saw oh. it. Oh, yeah, I do want to say job, they're Rachel. fake nice. <laughs> no, no, I do want to say with regards to maybe the casual consumers, you know, that some of those conversations or, or the non-consumers that we do have a wonderful marketing team too, that they have a ton of marketing Absolutely. initiatives too. And like, obviously Richard and I'll, I know a lot of what's going on is, but they're, they're doing a around the clock job in order to get our brand and the event details out there. So when you talk about some of that audience attending, that's it's likely attributed to some of the marketing efforts from Lisa Petty and Mary and some of our other teammates. So just wanted to shout them out for sure. Yeah. And really quick for anyone listening that really wants to stay on top of it, be sure to follow our Instagram handle down in the ticker below. So thanks for including that. Um, yeah, San Francisco, it's going to be, I mean, it's in California. California alone is going to bring a different vibe. But San Francisco has another vibe element to it that it's going to bring. Um, it's going to be in the Moscone Center. So beautiful location, very safe and clean location for those concerned about uh, being in San Francisco. Um, but the biggest things, we'll still have our LCBC concept. We are going to have an investment side. We're partnering with ArcView. So excited to be rolling that out on site. Um, and then in addition to that, we will, we are launching a new event called Taste at Lift. So we're partnering with Chef Jordan Wagman for this event. And the entire day is going to be focused on, um, infused products. So content around it, sampling, there's going to be kind of like an Iron Chef competition happening where we'll actually be integrating products. Um, the coolest thing about 
having it in San Francisco is that product is allowed on the show floor. Mm-hmm. Sampling's allowed. We'll have a little pop-up retail wow. store. So totally, totally different vibe. And then we'll ramp up the event at the Fillmore for our after party, which anyone that's into music, especially in the U.S., um, should know the Fillmore. If not, look it up. You'll see the greatest musicians of all time have performed yeah. there. And uh, it's funny Rachel. because if you live in Toronto, yeah, you know Phil, the Fillmore's, Fillmore's is a classic strip club in Toronto. So. <laughs> Stop it. Oh my gosh. All, all the best. True story. So there. we couldn't help but chuckle the whole time when you're talking Hilarious. about Hilarious. Okay. That's no so strippers, but definitely wow. some incredible uh, performers dancing it will be it'll be a good dancers yeah (laughs) great great choice of words but yeah we're really kind of upticking the content to really dive into that investing side and then the uh consumption side ingestibles we really just want to kind of drive some more information and education around that and um hopefully bring kind of tie that investment piece into that infused products piece as well Nice. Spencer, you, you, you excited about heading down South? Yes. You know, I, I think it's going to be a really cool venue. And I think in a lot of ways, like Rachel touched on is there's a few unique uh, aspects to this event too. And so having seen just like almost like a tease of what chef Jordan Wagman was able to do at the diners club here, just on these last uh, few days at the lift event, it was really cool, really unique and a totally, for me, like something that's so new and like learning it and seeing all these things and there's such passion and dedication and uh, everything behind it that that's gonna be so cool. And then just like, you know, the ability to have some products and certain things on the show floor, I think it's just really different smelling, looking, understanding, like, you know, that's unfortunate with some of these rules and regulations in Canada that we cannot do. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think from a brand perspective, it's great that everyone wants to sh- uh, show off their shiny new toy, if you will. And so it kind of brings in a different sort of audience as well. So, and it's, it's what, August 2nd to 4th in San Francisco. It's a pretty cool time to be in a, a pretty cool city. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. And then the farther one down the road is Vancouver. When is that? January? January. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's 11th or 13th, if I'm remembering correctly. So um, okay. building off of, actually, that was one part of that I really took away from this last event here in Toronto is that you know, as we talk to some of the exhibitors and people about our up, what's ahead for us, San Francisco, and then obviously wanting to start plant that seed, if you will, mm-hmm. for Vancouver, for those that actually did experience Vancouver last year, or just had resounding positive feedback. They're like, yeah, I can't wait. You know what, if I can put myself on the show floor now, let's do it. And so that was part yes. of what Rachel and I were doing. So there was just a, like the feedback was really, really encouraging um, from this past year in Vancouver. So we're already tracking really well for a show that's, you know, six, seven months away. Uh, so I just thought that was really neat that people were really still had that fresh in their memory and we're already looking forward to the next opportunity. So I know we've been doing yeah. this Toronto one for a while, but the Vancouver uh, market and audience was certainly really excited about it. Yeah. And I was actually surprised at how many people we spoke with in Toronto, no matter where they are based out of, um, yeah. we're ready to be in, in both San Francisco and Vancouver. So, so we'll still have that global presence. It's not unique to the U S and uh, I think it's going to be a unique event in the industry overall. It's not going to be the traditional trade show. So we'll kind of play with it a little bit. 
Well, that doesn't surprise me that you say that a lot of the people there were like, yeah, sign me up for San Fran and Vancouver. Cause I yeah. said to Timmy when I was left or what, as soon as we like got in the car to go home, I was like, are we going to lift in uh, San Francisco? <laughs> like, are we going San <laughs> Well, I guess absolutely. The question: the question is, are you guys going to have uh, like a furry segment of like for, for the furries can come? Wow. <laughs> no offense to those that enjoy furries, but um, no, that will not be part of our show. <laughs> a cartoon corner is that so. What you want? We're about we're about to close it up here. Just uh, one, Rachel. Can you say Toronto again? Toronto. No, I want I want her to Wait, say. Did, did, you want me to say it the wrong way because. I've no. been told, I've been corrected. That yeah. wasn't her. What do you mean that wasn't her? That is her. That's her no, on I mean, the bottom right there. The the I mean, who said it over the weekend? I know, but I've oh, been okay, hearing okay. her say it over and over again. I'm, and I no, think you changed funny. it multiple she times. Made, she mm -hmm. made fun of the way Spencer says mm -hmm. A-B-O-U-T, but she's the one that actually says it funny. About? About. 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 <laughs> I have you. not yet seen, heard Spencer so, say a boot. Spencer, <laughs> Spencer, can you That's say? I'm saying. Can you say Toronto? Toronto. And then Rachel. Toronto. Okay. Yeah, I think a couple times. This is the only reason I brought it up is because a couple times you said Toronto. No, I've been trying to watch that. I got called out on that last week. I'm just saying I heard I it. Toronto. I'm just saying I heard it. You probably did. See, I'm working on it. I'm telling you. Now I have to add that to my no, don't change Canadian don't, accent, Aussie accent. Don't change it. Toronto. Your accent well, is perfect. On that too. So San Francisco, I found out when I was down in San Francisco or SF, you don't refer to it as San Fran because yeah. then people know uh -oh. that you are not from around there. Oh, I did that. Yeah, earlier. I got called right the f out that they're like San Fran. They're like, "Where are you oh. from?" And I was like, "Damn it!" I was trying to fit in and be cool, but now, now I'm not. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Or the Bay Area, referred to as the Bay Area, is kind of the safe, safe net. But I, I felt like people would say San Fran, but if you're from around there, you certainly do not. So that's a pro tip for everyone else. Yeah, out I there. guess that's the research you guys got to do. It eh? head into a new <laughs> place every time. It's not easy, I but. It's I grew, I, believe you. I grew up in Scarborough and I don't know if you know anything about Scarborough, but it's, it's a little hamlet in Toronto, but like they have every ethnicity ever. So it doesn't matter where I am. I always seem out of place because I go from accent to accent to accent, depending That's on true. who I'm talking to. That's kind of cool. Though. They're You're like, wait, where are you from? I'm like, <laughs> Ontario. <laughs> yeah, it does it, see, it seems fun, Rachel, until you have to listen to it. Then it's, it's, it just becomes a mind. It's a loving thing to say. <laughs> it's, only, it's only bad when um, I'm speaking. Like, I used to work with a lot of Polish ladies, and they were the sweetest ladies ever. And for some reason, my boss would always make me go talk to them. And as they're explaining something to me now, all of a sudden, I'm explaining it to them in a English, Polish accent. That's hilarious. And I'm like... I don't even realize I'm doing it. I love it. Well, Sorry. What, um, what, Sorry. What do, what do either of you want to leave uh, in terms of speaking to whoever's listening now or preferably watching or else they're going to miss not only your hats, but our incredible good looks. But mm -hmm. the, the, the question is, what, what do you want to leave with those people about Lyft? Each one of you kind of share why they should come to the next one, regardless of where it is. You're better with being sentimental, Spencer. So you go first. Well, that's a tough, tough one to say. But I would say that, you know, I think we really try to 
you know, make it like a, a great and comfortable experience for all that are involved. So anyone, whether you're exhibitor, attendee, or speaker, whichever is that we want it to be a fun and cool environment. We want people to sort of create a network and do business and meet people. And, you know, I think spe- like from my very first experience in this industry, which I'm not a seasoned veteran by any um, imagination is that last year I was here with a different company at this Toronto show, first ever cannabis event. And mm. just through meeting some people, shaking hands, meeting some people, I developed a bit of a network. And then fast forward through a few networking events and then the Vancouver show, I had then now met all of the Lyft event organizers and created some relationships, continually ran into them to the point where then I found myself having a job. So not only did it create a, a professional opportunity there, but for my other job at the time, it also helped me get some business done. You know, a lot of it, we just talked about everything's done through your computer. It's remote. You don't really get to see people and, and have those like very normal and candid conversations to really build those relationships. So, you know, having these events where you look forward to it, to see some familiar faces and to build upon some of those relationships, I think is really cool. And something that I, in the last year, you know, I, now I can look around and say hi to a bunch of different people. Whereas before I walked in like a year ago today and I didn't know basically anyone, I knew a few people, but it was through these events that I had the opportunity to sort of get familiar with people in the industry, learn a ton. Like we have amazing speakers, amazing content as well. So I feel like every, every day I'm learning so much from any conversation or any panel or presentation or speakers corner or whatever. So you know, I think it's fun first and foremost. I think that's what it's meant to do. But I think there's a lot that can be done from a professional standpoint, personally, or for the company that you're working for. Well, I think it's always interesting when uh, the leadership, the management team, whatever it may be, also expresses the openness and the willingness and the need to learn. And you know, to have somebody who's 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 talking about the event as a face of the event um, to sit there and say, "I am learning so much." Uh, that's that that says a whole lot uh, as well because it's it's you know everything flows from leadership down and if the leaders are are wanting to learn and feel a need to learn that's going to create an event that fosters learning as well so that's very cool to hear and we're all about the education so yeah absolutely yeah and i've i've been in the industry or on the event side of the industry for five years now been attending events in that time period. I would say that Lyft, this most recent event was the first time that I walked away having really solid professional relationships and, and friendships. Um, I just can't recall any situation in which I got to interact with attendees and exhibitors at that level where I leave feeling totally connected and hopefully having a lifelong friend from it um, that will enhance both of our professional experiences. I know uh, Spencer hit hit it on the head. The networking opportunities are key. Mm -hmm. One thing I've definitely found in this industry is that once you're in it, you only leave it if you consciously choose to leave it. Otherwise, there's so many opportunities for relationship building that you can forever stay in the industry just with the um, networking that you have done. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway I want people to walk away with, and I hope that they experience this on site in conversations they had with Spencer and I is we're totally open to the feedback. You know, don't be afraid to give us constructive feedback. We want this event is being created for you, for the industry, not, not for us. Um, so 
Let us know what you need in order for you to feel like it was a success and give us that opportunity to do what we have to do to provide that. That's awesome. Um, Can I just say something just to touch on what you guys were talking about? Um, So especially with the networking and like networking is huge, huge, not just for personal, but for the building of the business relationship and from from LPs, because we have friends in the LPs, uh, all the way to like people who just do videos at home of their grows to show people their plants because they just really love their cannabis plants and educating others. It really doesn't matter where you are. If you have a love of cannabis, there is somebody there for you. And like, like D the bud guy, Mm -hmm. we had him on um, our podcast, uh, Watson to green bean. He came and he always comes every year and gets a photo and like to see their photos and their, what they're the most excited about is not all the swag and the, whatever that they picked up because that's super cool too. But it was, the friends and the connections that they had made online over the last however long it had been. Mm -hmm. And they finally got to go meet them at Lyft. It's like a business, but it's fun. So I just, I really want to thank Lyft, especially just because you guys did such a really good job of bringing the fun to, to the business event side of it. So, yeah. Thank you. Where, uh, let's, where can everybody find all this information? Yeah. So um, our website is, we're actually going to be transitioning websites here pretty shortly, but hopefully that will be well publicized. Um, but it at will, present, I want to see the expo.ca is, is sort of our main so domain. And then you can switch anything over. Yeah. Oh, I think, did we lose? Oh, what? Wow, we broke up for a second. I hope I didn't do that. What? We're How breaking. We're breaking you? up. Over call. What? You did for just rude. a quick second. But yeah, um, so liftexpo, liftexpo.ca, you'll find everything on there. It's we do have another landing page, but I would say go to liftexpo.ca. Lisa's gonna kill me for saying that, but everything's right there. And then um, and then yeah, don't don't be surprised if you get redirected somewhere else sooner sooner than later because we are updating our website yeah right. bigger and better things and instagram mm-hmm. is at lift lift and co correct yep that's correct, correct. Yep. yeah beautiful so everybody needs to go check all that out um we want to thank you guys like like uh it was just it was so nice to have had a chance to to meet you guys and to interact face to face before even having this Agreed. one we had talked yep. about having the interview prior to lift um but this made it this made it so much so much better and and we really appreciated uh the way you had treated us um and those interactions and we're excited that you're able to come on here in any way that we can help uh spread the word about lift uh is is something we're very much behind so um thank you connect you guys are awesome too by the way yes it was very fun meeting you two in person and giving us an opportunity to shoot the breeze as they say today (laughs) <laughs> the cool kids are saying at least i i think they are anyways yeah not, not, Spencer tries not really anymore hard Spencer. to, to yeah. stay in with the in crowd i'm trying right? you know i may look younger than i am but i'm really trying i feel yeah. like no, that, that's a young thing because when you hit a certain age you just don't give a yeah fuck. you just stop trying. no <laughs> i feel can we just take a moment to acknowledge that spencer totally has that goofy dad vibe with like oh. the bucket hat 
So much the the well. as the kids are saying. <laughs> goofy dad vibe. Oh, the yeah, goofy man. dad vibe. All right. Look, that's not necessarily a bad thing, Spencer. Yeah, it's a great thing. You know what? We'll take it. We'll roll with it. There's going to be a lot worse that could be said about me. So we'll take that one. <laughs> uh, we want everybody also to know that uh, Fillmore's here in Toronto is closing. If you want a chance to stay yeah, in the hotel at the strip club, uh, you got to do that now. So no. you guys should have considered that. And that is something Darn. that we're. I know yeah. Spencer's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to Toronto. Yeah, I'm already, I'm still in Toronto. I didn't want to leave because I was going to go, but oh. now I can't. So that sucks. Oh, yeah. No, mm -hmm. it's it's true. It's It's been a legendary location. We wanted to go just to stay in one of the hotels above the uh, the hotel rooms above yeah. the strip club. I heard they still charge by the hour. Yeah. So, oh, my God. We're, yeah. So we're only going to book two. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're off the rails we're completely off the rails I can't afford a whole evening anyways uh thank you guys we know we know we thank know you're you. busy you've you've given us a, a lot of time here during the afternoon here and uh thanks again we hopefully will be in touch and uh hopefully see you guys in person uh going forward so ladies and gentlemen rachel and spencer from lyft check out lyft what's happening uh in san francisco <laughs> i'm gonna say it <laughs> go to san fran and in Vancouver, and then back in Toronto, hopefully next year. Uh, Rachel Spencer, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.